The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday the 28th of June. You are watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk. Uh, coming up, the government is drawing up contingency plans for the collapse of Thames Water as the UK's largest water company struggles with its massive £14 billion debt. Meanwhile, former Health Secretary Matt Hancock told the COVID inquiry that the UK's pandemic strategy was completely wrong and insisted that lockdowns should have been, wait for it, wider, earlier and more st- there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss stringent and that he'd support more lockdowns in future terrifying uh, and patients face seven days of nhs chaos after hospital consultants on an average uh, 128 pound pay voted to strike next month on the back of a five-day stoppage by junior doctors at uh, the time right now is 6 34 this is talk breakfast where you may have gathered a slight amount of chaos this morning uh, rather sore heads this morning uh, as well uh, in the studio uh, after uh, we very excitingly we won an award we actually won an award been nominated for awards before Never actually won one before. So I've got to be honest with you, didn't really pay much attention. And my producer said, yes, what are you wearing to the awards tomorrow? I said, what awards? And um, so we had to sort of glam up. Um, There's a bit of fake tan. Uh, <laughs> peels were put on and um, went along. Did what every normal person would do who's been nominated for awards and never wins because they've got the wrong opinions. I drank quite a lot and frankly ate more than one should do in a, in a tight dress. Um, and then I won a sodding award. And um, I'm very excited. It is the Trick Award. This is the uh, TV Radio Industry Club Award uh, for the best radio programme. It's not even the best radio programme at breakfast. It's the best radio programme. We are annoyingly chuffed with this award. Um, and the most amazing thing about it is it was voted for by you. So thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get tearful. I'm, I'm going to get tearful. We've got such an amazing team here. Genuinely, from the management, Denny Morris, who, whose dream talk radio was, because this is Radio Award uh, specifically, because oh, we're on TV now as well and all the apps, but this is how we started. Um, just this amazing, amazing team. Mark, our tech op, who's been here from the very start. You poor sod, putting up with me every day. Um, everyone else on the team. Sophia, Ted, um, Adam, Mazik, uh, everybody, Julian doing, you know, the, the, the clips. We've got the social media team. We've got so many people involved. It is a team effort. Um, but we are so unbelievably, unbelievably proud. Thank you very, very much. Onwards and upwards. Um, I suppose I should also say at this point, always a big thanks also to everyone who comes on the show. Fantastic guests, whether they're cabinet ministers, whether they're campaigners, whether there are guests in the studio. And I'm delighted to say, what does I miss here today? Uh, Russell Quirk, good morning to you, my love. Well, good morning and sincere and huge congratulations. Ooh, on, I, I have to say, I'm pretty honoured and delighted to be sitting here the morning after the night Yeah, well, yeah that, that, was, that was just an oversight. Well, it's a complete coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it couldn't have been planned or engineered in any way. Um, but I, I actually had the privilege uh, and have had on a number of occasions to actually see what goes on behind the scenes 
scenes here. Oh, we don't want to see what goes well, on behind the scenes. No, but maybe people should because, you know, I see what happens insofar as the team that you just mentioned. I've seen how, let's just say how passionate, diligent <laughs> and precise, precise. Julia Hartley Brewer is. I am very precise. And, and let's just say you have rather exacting standards. I do have exacting standards. And it has come through. Top team. <laughs> and it has come through insofar as a very, very well-deserved award. Congratulations. You're very kind. I mean, lots of people, people get in touch. Thank you very much. I know I'm, I'm going to go on about it a bit today, but then I will shut up about it. I promise you. I promise you. It'll just go on the mantelpiece along with my pointless celebrity trophy. But to this, at this point, until tomorrow, that was my proudest achievement. Oh, yeah, and a kid. Uh, but anyway, uh, Russell, <laughs> let's talk about stuff that actually matters okay. rather than my nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, what on earth is going on with Thames Water? And that's the big story uh, this morning because the government is drawing up contingency plans, potential collapse of Thames Water. 15 million people are their customers, including me, constantly getting emails from them saying, don't use a hose. Yep. Uh, don't use a hose. It's raining. Don't use a hose. Um, uh, they've got apparently a £14 billion debt. Yesterday, we saw the shock resignation of the chief executive who's been there three years, Sarah Bentley. Uh, apparently they've got £14 billion pounds in debt and there's a bit of a concern whether or not they can actually service that debt. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Thames Water actually is the only, um, the only problem here insofar as there might actually be some other water companies that are in the same position. Um, of course, much criticised over recent months for their abject failure in terms of how they treat and deal with sewage, sewage being dumped into our waterways and so on. Um, and of course, the amount of money, and I say this as a, as a conservative that, you know, quite likes capitalism and quite mm-hmm. likes a free market. But the the fact that since 1989, when these water companies were privatised, uh, something like £50 billion, pounds, that's billion with a B, has been paid out to shareholders by way of dividends. But at the same time, the debt pile across the whole industry is absolutely catastrophic. Um, and actually, you have successive chief executive officers, not just Sarah Bentley, but others, that... I can only describe it as having been rewarded for huge failure. Sarah Bentley received a golden hello when she started in this job only 18 months yeah. ago, three million pounds. I mean... <laughs> three million pounds. The amount of money sloshing around. Everyone, I mean, oh, you know, the shareholders seem to always get paid. Hmm. The directors uh, always seem to get their There's bonuses. There's no accountability, but although she's fallen on her sword. Well, well of course. I mean, at this point, it's like, ah, it's, it's, all, it's all going wrong, isn't it? But then we're told, I mean, the headlines, some of the, you know, some of the media today saying uh, they've got a poor record on leaks, on sewage contamination... Uh, Lots of pressure, and 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 there were it was always part of the issue. Of, they've been struggling to deal with this because of climate change. What's a load yeah. of absolute what BS? Problem? What the problem is is we've got like ten million more people, and no one thought to build any more reservoirs. Well, yes. Sir, th- so this funnily is... enough, we need we've got we've got massive extra need for water yeah. by individuals, by schools, by hospitals, by businesses. And we haven't built a reservoir and for we haven't built, years. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, th- and then they wonder why I've got a water shortage. And then they say, I mean, according to the Times front page today, water bills will rise by up to 40% amid the crises. Yes, so we Totally now, man-made crisis. We now, as the consumer, have to pay for the failure of the water companies. Yeah. And, of course, their, their lack of investment in their infrastructure yeah. and so on. Um, look, it, it's outrageous. And, and, of course, the left-wing media now is saying, well, the answer, of course, is to nationalise the water companies, take them back yeah. to the 70s. I would suggest that that would be even worse because yeah. there's one thing that governments are really bad at, apart, apart from being governments, of course, as we well know, and that's running companies. Oh, it would be worse. Absolutely. But but also, that you know, you know what the left are going to be calling for as well, is that we should have um, more, more limits on, on how much water we can use. Oh, that, that's what they're going to call for, yes. because because that's what the whole like net zero, everything, they they are under the illusion that, that, that we, we don't we don't have enough water because of climate change yeah. and that and that we and, and, that, and that we're going to run out of water. I mean, 
this is like such a basic misunderstanding of where water comes from. Yeah. Um, it's it's genuinely scary that these people have any influence whatsoever. The, the water companies have clearly been let off the hook for way too long. So governments do need to regulate and they do need to oversee more. The answer is not nationalisation. I think privatisation is generally a good thing. However, there has to be a mandate that's imposed on the water companies whereby they yeah. have to invest in infrastructure um, yeah. and then pay the chief executives loads of money on the basis of that performance, not just shareholder uh, returns. Absolutely. I mean, it's really basic stuff. Well, we'll keep a close watch on that because if the company does, say, go into special administration, effectively temporary public ownership, uh, uh, we will we will find out possibly today. Uh, also, let's talk about Matt Hancock of the COVID inquiry yesterday. Long awaited, former health secretary in, in that job from 2018 to 2021. We've already heard from the former health secretary. So everyone's agreed now that pre-pandemic planning in this country was pretty poor. Mm. Um, he says he was told he worked best in the world, absolutely fine. Um, he said he thought it was a terrible failure of our planning, though, because we never planned for lockdowns. And he always thought that we should have planned for lockdowns, which is crazy because lockdowns were never planned for because they'd never been thought of because it was such a mad, stupid idea. <laughs> I think we can safely say that is proven to be the case. He said he thinks it was wrong that there should be an assumption that the virus couldn't be stopped. Again, you know, and he's basically told the, the pandemic, uh, the, the COVID pandemic inquiry, that um, lockdown should have been, in his words, wider, earlier and more stringent. I mean, China lockdown almost yeah. immediately. And for years. For years. I yes. mean, I mean. And again, even like New Zealand and Australia, they ended up being locked down for months and months. At some point, you have to come out of lockdown. And this whole idea, well, yeah, but once you've got the vaccine, there was really very little expectation there would be a vaccine as soon as it was, as it came. At some point, people would have had to come out uh, of lockdown. It is genuinely terrifying to me it's, that it's he pretty, still thinks this. It's pretty scary that three years on, where we're hoping that politicians and uh, the World Health Organisation, maybe, have learnt some lessons from what happened. Clearly, Matt Hancock, as the man of the moment, the man mm. that was kind of in the firing line, um, has learnt absolutely nothing, least not the consequence of those unnecessary lockdowns. Yeah. And he said, in, in, he said in future, for any future uh, pandemic, we should lock down again, but but do it sooner. I mean, that this is, one of, this is why I still bang on about this, yeah. is because people say oh, it's in the past. It's not in the past. This is now what the public health um, senior figures and the governments uh, around the world seem to think is now the solution, even despite all of the evidence now from, I mean, again, well, we don't know what would have happened. Yes, we do. We look at Sweden. Yeah. And I'm amazed by how many people I talk to in government who still do not know that Sweden has the lowest excess mortality, all causes in the last three years of any, pretty much any European country, including other Nordic countries, which had much smaller lockdowns, but still had lockdowns of some sort. It is it is a simple matter of fact that lockdowns do not save lives in the long run. No, and, and Hancock's actually also, not apart from criticising himself, I mean, he's standing there as if the health secretary was somebody else at the time, yeah. uh, criticising himself for, you know, lack of ability, lack of foresight and so on. Um, and, and yes, I, I, of course, no one could have foreseen the pandemic. No one could have foreseen lockdowns. The problem is, if we now accept the premise of lockdowns... This is it. it no, but we'll be locking down for lots of other things as well. Oh. Flu, hot I mean, weather, weather Yeah, he even suggested it for flu. I, I'm it's, serious. But exactly, and this and this is where they're going. And this is why we cannot give up the fight on this. This is existential, mm. in my view. It really is. Um, loads more to talk about, including our already uh, in chaos NHS before lockdowns uh, got much worse. It's about to get uh, even worse again with more strikes, not just by junior doctors, but... Uh, NHS consultants as well. We'll talk about that up next. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.